Good morning, friends. It is my joy to open the Word of God with you this morning. Thank you, Melindy, for that encouraging and clear message to the children this morning, but not only to the children, to the parents as well. I have really been enjoying our children's church moments, and it's amazing how beautifully clear we can explain the, the Bible to all of us. So thank you to you and your team for doing an incredible job. This morning, we're going to conclude our three-week series called Wonderful. For the past two weeks, we've been looking into Scripture in the idea of what it is to be the temple of the Spirit of the living God. The first Sunday, I spoke about being filled with that wonder that we and our lives are like a cathedral who gets to host the presence of the Holy Spirit. And last week, Matthew spoke so beautifully about walking in wonder that the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, the helper, is walking alongside us and helping us on this journey of following Jesus. And this morning, I have faith that Jesus is going to meet each one of us personally. I have faith that today you have an appointment with your Creator. I have faith that today lives will be changed. So can you join your faith with me as we open up the Word and study together our last moment in the series on the Holy Spirit. Don't know if you have ever heard of the comedian Michael McIntyre. Now he's got this show and it's a family favorite here in the, in, in the Smith home, but uh, he's got the show called the Michael McIntyre Big Show. And at some point in the show, he, he, he gets to, to, to just interrupt someone's normal life, which they think is normal, all being set up, and he then sets up the unexpected star of the show. So what happens in the beginning of his show with his live audience, he tells them about this unexpected star of the show. And then that person is somewhere close to the audience in, in the same building, but they just believe they're busy with everyday ordinary things, or they're going to work, or they've got a special meeting, or they're in a restaurant or something like that. And then there's this whole moment of them leading through a, a series of events that ends them up on the stage. And all of a sudden they're standing there with a big crowd of people cheering them on. And then they are given the opportunity to be the unexpected star of the show and perform in front of a whole audience of people in London. For many people and those I believe that are being entered, it's been their lifelong dream to perform on stage as a singer. And he then goes and he gives these people this amazing opportunity. It's people who do ordinary things and then suddenly it's massively interrupted and they are paraded onto a stage and then they get to live out their passion, the fire in their hearts, the, the thing that makes them come alive. And then they are cheered on by that whole audience and then across the world we get to see those unexpected stars of the show. And that's what I'm believing for today. That that is what the Holy Spirit wants to do for each one of us. And that is what He does. He comes into our lives and sometimes into our ordinary everyday lives. And He massively interrupts. And then He comes and He fills us. And He gives us the fullness of who He is. And we become the unexpected stars of the show of the life of living with Jesus. And showing the world the full wonder of who He is. So this morning we're going to speak about the Spirit-filled life. We're going to speak about that moment of receiving the Holy Spirit. And to just, as, as a foundation this morning, I want to use the words of A.W. Tozer, where he says, The Spirit-filled life is not a special deluxe edition of Christianity. 
It is part and parcel of the total plan of God for his people. The spirit-filled life is not just for some who gets to be the unexpected star of the show. In fact, it is God's designed plan from the very beginning that each one of us who follow Jesus will live a spirit-filled life. So this morning, as we open the word, I want this to be more than just a sermon. This is an invitation. This morning is an invitation for you to fully accept and be fully filled with the spirit of the living God. Suppose I stand on a beach on a tropical island and it's extremely hot and the sun is beating down on you and it's humid and I'm standing on the beach and, and you're looking at me and I'm describing the refreshing cold turquoise water to you. I explain to you how beautifully turquoise it is, how clear it is. You can see the fish. I tell you how it feels when you go into the water and how refreshing it is to plunge and how the water counters the heat that, that you are feeling in this moment. And suppose all I do is I just stand and I talk about the water behind me, but you never actually get to jump into the water and experience the very thing that I'm speaking about. Or let's be in a hut in a cold forest for a moment. You're standing outside and I'm coming to the door and you are freezing cold. And I tell you about the warm fire on the inside and that you, you get to, to experience some warmth when you're inside the hut and it's warm and there's something to eat. And you're standing outside and it's cold. What benefit would it be to you if you just hear about the warmth of the hut, but you don't enter in? So this morning, as I open up the word and as we speak about receiving the Holy Spirit, you've got to choose to enter in. The Spirit does an inner work inside each one of us. You see, He reaches beyond the, the natural. He reaches beyond matter. He reaches beyond the physical and He comes to the human heart, to the human soul, and He gives you that experience which I am about to describe to you this morning. This is what happened with Jesus and the woman at the well, where Jesus revealed himself to her. You see, the woman tried to rationalize and figure out with her mind who Jesus was and why he knew the things he knew. And, and she had some means to try and describe who Jesus is. But then Jesus counters all of that and he tells her, listen up, God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. This morning, I realized that there are two kinds of responses to the message. The first is that response of reason, of the mind, where you might be done listening to it and you might just say, great encouragement, good talk, good message, Pierre, that was nice. The other option is that you can respond this morning with your heart, that you can respond to the invitation, that there would be an inward leap out of your heart desiring to be filled with the full wonder of Him. We see that progression in the woman at the well. First of all, starting with reason, trying to figure out who this man is speaking to her. And as he speaks of the spirit and spiritual things, there's, there's a shift from her mind to her heart. And eventually her heart is captivated and I believe filled with the wonder of the message of Jesus. And she runs to town and she goes and she tells everyone of what has happened to her. So this morning, be invited to your heart to respond. Be invited to be like the woman at the well who progress from understanding to really encountering the fullness 
of the Holy Spirit in your life. That's what the psalmist wrote in Psalm 42. My heart thirsts for you, O Lord. My heart cries out to you. And then he says, deep Christ to deep. There's something inside of me, Lord, that cries out to you at the sound of your waterfalls, at the sound of your spirit, at the sound of the fullness of who you are. There's something inside of me that cries out. So the invitation this morning for all of us, and I include myself, even as I share this message, is to receive the wonder. It is to receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And that's what I'm titling my message, simply receiving the wonder. That's why Jesus said that those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. In Jesus' world and in, in his heart, there's these two things and concepts aren't at odd. In fact, they are one together, the truth of who he is in understanding it, in reading it and living it. But then the spirit comes in with that and changes our lives so that we could be spirit-filled believers of Jesus. We have to desire both. We have to pursue both the truth of who he is and our spirit, our inward man, our deep crying out to him. You see, you might pray, read your Bible, you might give to missions, you might enjoy singing worship songs and, and thanking God for what he's done in your life. You, you might think, well, I don't drink, I don't gamble, I don't do a whole lot of bad stuff. Um, I'm an honest person. I like going to my my small group, and you might do all of these things and, and completely live according to the truth. But something inside of you is just being awakened. And to, in order to follow, to follow him fully, it includes also the spirit. And that's what receiving the spirit of God is all about. It's bringing those two worlds closer together. Jesus said much on the person of the spirit. And he said much about the partnering with the Holy Spirit. But then Jesus also very clearly spoke about receiving the Spirit. And then what he said is backed by evidence in Scripture of what it looks like to receive the wonder. To receive the fullness of the Spirit of the living God dwelling inside of us. When the Holy Spirit was first poured out, the disciples and those whom Jesus taught had the words of Jesus fresh in their hearts and in their minds. It was fresh in their memories. So in order to set us up in this message of receiving the Holy Spirit, let's for a moment refresh ourselves on what Jesus has said about the Holy Spirit. Because sometimes, and because the story is 2,000 years later, we might have different experiences, we might have heard different teachings, there might be stories, there might be filters. So I would like us to start this morning by refreshing our memories on what Jesus said it would be like and look like and feel like when the Holy Spirit is received by us, his followers. We're going to be looking at three scriptures and all three of them is Jesus speaking after the resurrection. It's him coming to the disciples and, and they fully know now that he is God and all the stories that he's been sharing is true and, and he has conquered death and, and he's got a short period of time to speak to them and he is so clear in what he wants to bring across to them and he speaks about the Holy Spirit that is about to come and how they will receive it. So let's read together. First of all in John, the last chapter, Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he said this, 
he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. I can imagine for a moment that experience of Jesus speaking to them and then he breathes over them. Maybe giving them a little bit of a hint of that experience that's going to happen a couple of weeks later when they're going to be in that room waiting for the promise and there's going to be a rushing wind coming in which signifies that the Holy Spirit has arrived to fill them. I don't know maybe what happened in that breath. It, it could be that his breath was just a normal human breath like that. But I kind of want to imagine that in that moment that Jesus breathed, there was a sense of power, a sense of awe, a sense of expectation. And I believe that's what Jesus wants to do for some of us this morning. Just come and breathe over us with that expectation of receiving the Holy Spirit. Then also we see in the gospel according to Luke how he speaks about the Holy Spirit that is going to come to his disciples. Let's read together. And behold, I'm sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. This second scripture this morning is Jesus speaking to them at ascension in the gospel of Luke. And we're going to read in a moment how Jesus speaks to them at ascension in, in the book of Acts. But in this moment, he speaks to them and he says, there's a promise, there's a gift from the Father that you're going to receive. So go to the city and wait together and, and hang out together until that moment. And here's how you know that that moment has come. You will be clothed with power from on high. You will have an encounter and an experience of power in your midst. Jesus knowing what was about to happen at the day of Pentecost. And in the book of Acts, we read the ascension story also. And he says to them, and while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons that the father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The first thing I want to really pull your attention to this morning is the promise of the Father. In two of these instances, when Jesus spoke to them and in Luke and in, 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 in Acts, he speaks about the Father's promise. That the Father has got something in store for you and he wants to give that to you. In fact, he said that it is better for, you, for me to go so that you can receive this promise that the Father has for you. And I thought about that for a moment because if there's one thing that I know to be true about God is that he is a perfectly good father. Throughout the scripture, he reveals his heart and his hearts towards us as humans. And it's perfectly good with only the greatest intention and absolute perfect intentions towards each one of us. And Jesus says, the father has got something that he wants to give to you. James said, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, 
with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Reminding us that throughout the story, God is being revealed as a good father. And Jesus said, this good father wants to gift you with something profound. It's going to be something so profound that you're going to experience power. It's going to be something so profound that it would be a sufficient replacement of me, Jesus, in physical form walking with you. It's going to be something so profound that you can have peace amidst anything in life. It's going to be something so profound that the Father wants to bestow upon you, wants to give you, that it's better that I go, that you receive that promise. In preparing the message this morning, the Lord just showed me very simply an illustration of a gift. And there's two boxes here, and I'll speak about the second one for a moment. But the gift illustration is simply that, imagine this is that promise of the Father. And Jesus giving it to each one of us. And all of us get to receive this gift because that is what our inheritance are as saints and followers of Jesus. In following Him and becoming born again, He gives us this gift, which is the promise of the Father, which is the arrival of the Holy Spirit. And we receive it. But some of us walk through life and we, we try and do this Christian life and we do everything as good as we can, yet we never open up the gift and we never receive the fullness of it. And I can imagine the Father's heart being burdened because His children are not opening up the promise which He gave. I understand that there's a Holy Spirit and I understand how He works, but I don't know if I want to open it up here. I don't know if I want the fullness to come and rest upon me. And maybe that's where you find yourself this morning, is you know that there is this gift but you might just be too apprehensive to open that up. It might just be that you don't have faith. Maybe you don't trust that He is good and that this gift of the Holy Spirit is good. Jesus said in Luke chapter 11, What father among you, if his sons ask for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? If we ask, He gets to give us that gift, but we've got to be willing to open it up and receive the wonder. The second gift is one that's been opened up and it's been applied and it's been, been used, but maybe it's been neglected. Maybe it's been put to the side because that was last season. You know how kids are when they get a gift this birthday. For a while, it's a good gift and they enjoy it. But as soon as the next birthday comes, that gift is out of season and they want the newest gift. And I, I believe in the same way that the Father is burdened for those who have received the gift of the Spirit, but is choosing to keep it aside who have opened it up, who had that moment of encountering His power and being changed, but maybe for various reasons, maybe because of a bad experience, maybe because of the temptation of the world, maybe because there's, there's a flickering of something else that is a little bit different than the Holy Spirit and something more that we want to go after. And the Father is saying, I've given you the fullness of the gift. You have received it. Will you just go back? Because this is the exact perfect gift that I had in mind for you. Every spiritual blessing the Bible teaches in Ephesians is available to us as Christians and followers of Jesus. So maybe you can relate to either of these two. 
You know that there's a Holy Spirit. You've received that promise. It's in the word. It's for you. But you've been reluctant to open it up. Or maybe you have opened it up at some point, but it's been pushed aside. And when the Holy Spirit wants to work in you or work upon you, just put a little bit of a lid on it. Or maybe there are other things that seem to be more appealing than the beautiful promise of the Father which He gave to us through Jesus. Some of us, I believe, have been keeping the gift closed because of fear. Because it's been wrongly presented to us. And if there's anything that you get out of this message this morning is that I believe the enemy has manufactured fear to keep so many away from receiving the fullness of the wonder of the Holy Spirit. He uses fear to make us apprehensive to receiving the Holy Spirit. There's nothing eerie about the Holy Spirit. Contrary to that, the Holy Spirit is the Father's heart for all of us. And the Holy Spirit is simply the essence of Jesus imparted to his believers. In the same way that the Father is good, in the same way that we look at the life of Jesus and we see who he is and his character, that same character is the Holy Spirit who wants to come to us. So don't let fear hold you back this morning. Maybe because of a misrepresentation, maybe because of what someone else has said or done. It is a good gift. It's the promise of the Father. And it is for each one of us. Now I want to shift to gears. So understanding that we received this gift, it is important to see that every time this gift was received, it was done so with power from on high. Let's refresh our memories quickly. Jesus said that you will receive power from on high. The promise of the Father you will receive and there will be power from on high. So now let's read the first three accounts of the Holy Spirit being received by the disciples of Jesus. We're going to look at what happened at the day of Pentecost when there were 120 together. And then a couple of chapters later, how the disciples were together and how the Holy Spirit was received again. And then later on, we see how the Holy Spirit was received by the Gentiles. So 120 of them are together, we see in the word, Acts chapter 1 and 2, together in a room waiting for that gift, waiting for the promise of the Father. And this is what happened. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now they were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound the multitude came together and they were bewildered, because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each one of us in his own native language. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others mocking said they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words, for these people are not drunk as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, 
God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. What a sight this must have been. The sound of a powerful wind, the heat of fire, and then the people gathering from every nation under heaven, hearing the works of God declared in their own native language. In Afrikaans, in Portuguese, I know the Afrikaans didn't exist back then, but there's some hope there for us that the people who found Afrikaans, that language was there. But in all the languages of the world, God's gospel was declared. I can imagine the Father and Jesus in heaven looking at this moment where the Holy Spirit was received and it was a powerful moment and they were like, come on, the fullness of the wonder has arrived. We've got to notice that in the receiving of the Holy Spirit, there was a moment of power because Jesus said, you will be clothed with power from on high. Then later on, the second account, we see that that the disciples and, and Peter and them were thrown into prison uh, because or they were questioned by the magistrates because of what they were preaching and the chaos in the city. And then they were released. And then the people came together and they prayed for boldness and said, God, give us the boldness to continue preaching your word. And then the Holy Spirit fell on them again and filled them again. Let's read. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And continued to speak the word of God with boldness. The second account, the same disciples at the beginning were gathered again and the Holy Spirit comes and refills them. He comes with power again. The place was shaking. He has a display of his power and he fills them again. And I thought about this. Why? Why would he do that again if it's already happened? Some ideas I, I have is maybe because he wanted to rid them of the world and what's happened just before. Maybe Peter just needed to have that experience again because he had it and he preached and then he was questioned by the world and the opposing dark forces came up against him and the world came up against him and the Holy Spirit wanted to remind him, Peter, you know whose power is inside of you. It is my spirit that dwells within you. You've received that power once. You know what? I'm going to give it to you again. I have set you apart to be a conduit of my power. Don't let that which just happened in the authorities and how they came against you throw you off course. Here is a refilling. Man, that I need refilling moments in this season that we are in. Moments where my day just doesn't feel that great. And I need to go on my knees and say, Spirit of the living God, fill me again. Let the things of this world that is taking my affections, let the things of this world that is causing fear, let the things of this world that is stealing my power and the conviction of the wonder that lives inside of me, let that be taken away. Spirit of God, will you come and touch me again like you did the disciples that second time? And then later on in the books of Acts chapter 10 and 11, read about the Holy Spirit coming onto the Gentiles. While Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word and the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles for they were hearing them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter declared, can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people 
who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. As I began to speak, this is Peter explaining to the other disciples what happened. The Holy Spirit fell on them just as on us at the beginning. And I remember the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us when we believed in Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? When they heard these things, they fell silent and they glorified God. This third account, God had an amazing encounter with Peter, showing him through a vision that God declares all people clean and welcome. And while he was speaking to the Gentiles, the Holy Spirit fell and again with a witness of power because these people, like the first time, started speaking in various tongues and various foreign languages and they praised God. Oh, how precious that moment must have been where the Holy Spirit fell on all of them. And how precious that moment is when the Holy Spirit comes and we receive Him and He impacts us, He fills us, He baptizes us, and He forever changes us. And here's the, the connection of the story this morning. The promise of the Father is received in a moment of power. The moment of receiving is a moment of power. Let me remind you what we said is that Jesus' words were fresh. It was in the front of their hearts and their minds. And when the Holy Spirit came, they were clothed with power from on high. All of these, these, these things we just read had an element of supernatural power involved. They were clothed with power. They have received power. And that word power means dunamis. Well, the word is dunamis. And what it means is physical power, force, might, ability, efficiency, energy, powerful deeds, deeds showing physical power and marvelous works. So this morning, I want to ask you, where are you at? All of that power available to you and you can open it up and live there. Or maybe you've done so, but you just use the lid whenever you want to and, and maybe run after something else. The dunamis power of the Holy Spirit is available to every single believer of Christ. The Spirit-filled life is not a special upgraded version. It's not a special deluxe edition. It is available to each one of us. I am burdened for those of us who have been keeping away from that moment of receiving the fullness of the Holy Spirit. I've been burdened for those of us who have received it, but have carried on or run after other things and have neglected the perfect, beautiful promise, the gift of the Father. And I believe that this morning, God wants to do something in your life. I believe He wants to do something in all of our lives. Let me tell you my story of when I received that fullness of the Holy Spirit in my life. I gave my life to Jesus at the age of 13 at a Christian worship event. And I remember so clearly being right up front because I walked to the front. I was so hungry for Him and I just surrendered my life to Christ. And I've always walked with God with such an awareness of Jesus and relationship and praying and studying His Word. But something happened in my final year of school. On the 13th of May in 2001, I decided that I needed to be water baptized. 
Up until that point, that's never happened to me. And in just studying the scriptures, it became clear to me that it's out of a personal decision of following Jesus that one then gets water baptized. And I just wanted to be obedient to the scripture. So on the 13th of May, at a church moment, on a Sunday night, we were there and my family was there and that was my intent to be baptized. And after the service, we went up to the baptismal pool and I had to put on these these white cloaks to represent the newness of life. And, and I was ready to make this commitment of saying, Jesus, the old has gone and the new has come. I'm a new creation. And for me to make a physical declaration of that which I believed is an inward reality of following Him. I remember so clearly going under the water and in my heart and my, my mind, all I was calling out is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And as I came out of the water, as if it was two hands of men, I felt two hands on my cheeks, pulling my mouth wide open. And from inside of me was pouring out speech I've never heard before, a language, a tongue that I've never spoken before. And I was shaking under the power of the Holy Spirit in that moment. And since then, my life has been forever changed because the Holy Spirit has come with His fullness and I received it. Since then, there's been moments where I needed to go back and say, God, fill me like that again, because I never want to run out on running with your power. That's what happens when the promise of the Father comes to us. It comes with power from on high. And I believe this morning that He wants to do that for you. I believe this morning that where you are, whether it's in your home, whether it's in your study, whether it's in your car, whether it's with family, with people or without people, that the Holy Spirit in His fullness wants to come and fill you with all His wonder. Question is, are you ready for that? I was ready on that night to fully give my life to Jesus. And as a response, I got the fullness of the life of Jesus that He had for me. And I'm not here to prescribe what your moment should look like. I'm simply here to say, receive the gift of the Father and know that it comes with power. So this morning, I'm actually going to take a bold step and lead us in a prayer of consecration by kneeling. So wherever you are, if at any, in any way possible, I'm going to give you a second and for you to find a place to kneel. If you're hungry, if you're feeling that this invitation is yours specifically, Will you kneel with me and I'm going to lead us in responding to the Holy Spirit and asking Him to come and fill us again or fill us afresh or fill us for the first time. Let's kneel together. Holy Spirit, just so aware of what you want to do and sensing your heart for your people. Holy Spirit, I know that you are wanting to come and wipe some, some slates clean of misunderstanding what it is to live in the fullness of your wonder inside of us. I believe, Lord, that you want to heal over some hurts. I believe, Holy Spirit, that you want to come and and for a moment, bring to remembrance the moment where we became apprehensive to your work. Holy Spirit, I believe that you want to come and show some of us that have, have been pursuing other things where we have had the gift of the Father all along. 
So I pray, will you do what only you can do and minister to your people this morning? Will you come and change lives forever? Will you come with your wonder and your power and your might and your energy as that is described in your word, your dunamis power and come and fill each one of us into fullness. Lord, I pray, Lord, you see every bowed knee. You see every heart which is postured in hunger before you in this moment. And you are there to reach out. So will you do so? If you want to receive the Holy Spirit this morning, all you have to do is believe by faith that this gift is yours. All you have to do is to say, Holy Spirit, let my life be a welcome place for you to live and dwell. I'm going to give you a moment to do that in your own words. Just ask in faith and give your life as an offering to Him and invite Him to come and minister to you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Spirit, that you are ministering to lives right now. Thank you. Thank you that I know this by faith. You are so ready to pour out. Just keep ministering to hearts, pouring out, giving to them the fullness of your wonder. Thank you, Holy Spirit.